Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, JP Barrick, and this is Digital Gold. Known to many as the Bitcoin kid, I started buying cryptocurrency out of my parents' basement back in 2013. The goal of the show is to simplify the crypto world and explore how it changes the way the world thinks about money through conversations with thought leaders in this space. JP Barrick is the founder and CEO of Orem Capital Ventures. All opinions expressed by JP and podcast guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Orem Capital Ventures. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Welcome to the Digital Gold Podcast. Today, I'm here with Lawson, who is a digital nomad, internet native, and crypto enthusiast. As the founder of Rara, Lawson's dream is to increase the velocity of money on the internet with crypto social experience. Rara is a social crypto company creating experiences around the crypto media, aka NFTs and social money, which consists of personal and community tokens. Lawson is also an advisor to Hashflow, which is a DeFi bridge between off-chain liquidity and AMMs. He is an on-deck founder fellow. Additionally, Lawson has served on a variety of nonprofit board of directors, including chairman of the Manos Unitas International, a nonprofit benefiting special needs schools in Peru. Lawson, welcome to the show. You, you killed it, that intro. Thanks, man. JP, uh, thanks, thanks for inviting me out, man. I'm excited to, to, to chat today. So just to kind of uh, fully wrap up uh, kind of the, the intro, um, uh, I'm Lawson, uh, founder of Ra Ra Social, and uh, uh, been in and around the kind of crypto space for, it's hard to count the years now, since probably like 2014, 2015. Uh, my background was in investment banking, left investment banking to join Synapse FI, which was the first banking API in the U.S., um, and our first customers in 14 and 15 were crypto exchanges and crypto apps. And as a result, I, I had kind of one foot in the future of banking and fintech, which are banking APIs. So APIs are basically tools to allow for fintechs, new tech companies to easily connect to essentially banking infrastructure. Anything a bank can do, Synapse essentially turned it into an API. And as a result, um, uh, you know, again, I had one foot in fintech and one foot in crypto. Um, and uh, over time, obviously completely fell down the crypto rabbit hole and was essentially observing the innovation in the space. And what it came down to is the fintech and banking apps were really more of just pretty UIs and pretty apps on top of banks. Um, banks aren't great at building apps, and so fintechs are. While the crypto companies, this was still pretty early. This was still predominantly like the Bitcoin tipping days. Um, I think you've been around for a long time, JP, but I remember like change tip and the groups like that, they were doing like micro tipping and stuff like that. Uh, in addition to lots of exchanges, you know, most exchanges in 20, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17 era, if, you're, if they were in the U.S., you know, Coinbase, Abro, Zappo, Kraken, you name it, they all use us in one form, form or fashion. And uh, over time, the, the innovation I was seeing on the crypto side definitely seemed much more novel than they can build a pretty app. It, it was more critical, like, infrastructure. Like, they were changing the way money works. Um, and, and, and obviously, that kind of took me down this, this uh, uh, path of, like, I, ha I had to work full-time in crypto. And so I actually left early 18. Um, to go full-time, where I worked at, briefly at, at a company called Tokensoft, where we're basically building emulated financial assets on blockchains, and, and left there in early 2020 to start working on RaRa. So when I, when I left Tokensoft, it felt like a time to go out to consumers. Basically, two B2B companies were, first, at kind of the future of fintech and banking. Second, at Tokensoft is the future of, of what do financial assets look like on blockchains like Ethereum. And I left there in, in, in March of 2020 and started working on what was MoneyMail at the time, 
which has since been rebranded to rahrah.social. And, and Money Mail and rahrah are basically a combination of two narratives. The first is our relationship with money is changing. And the second is we're leaving the information age and entering an age that is based around connections engagement, and essentially entertainment. And so the, the narratives are, are I'll, I'll dive into each of those. First, our relationship with money and what, what leads to social money. Our, our relationship with money over, you know, the past, you know, thousands of years, everybody's, everybody in crypto has read books on, on money, but, but I'll just start with paper money. Paper money, as, as we see it today, if you still have some, first, it's got your home team on it, i.e. your government. Second, it has somebody you saw in, in history class on it. And, and third, there's a tactile relationship to, to spending it, right? And so money has utility, but it also has this social signaling thing. For example, if you were to spend a $100, crisp $100 bill, a Benjamin, that has a different social signal than spending a five or even a $20 bill. And there's something about spending that one that says a little bit something different about you. And in the same way, when we moved to debit cards and credit cards, it was that we were doing that as well. First, it was really just marketing and branding. So it had a Bank of America logo on it or whatever your bank was. But then we started basically creating a class system, silver card, gold card, platinum card, black card. And that black card was heavier than those other cards. And, and that heaviness, and when you handed that, that whatever color card that was, black, gold, platinum, whatever, you were trying to pace for something, but you were also signaling something about yourself. You were saying, you know, I'm in a different class than other people, right? And so there was, there, was, there was this very signaling nature around money separate from just the utility around it. The problem is when we went online, we lost all essentially social metadata around the utility of money. We had debit card and credit card digits, a string of digits, expiration dates, billing addresses. And if it was a banking platform, it was really just like, here's my balance, send and receive. Purely utilitarian. And that actually fits a whole lot into, you know, kind of what the information age is. The information age is all about, it's very transactional in nature. The information age, you know, this is part of the second narrative. The information age um, has been incredible. The internet opened up and unlocked all of the information in the world to make it easily accessible by anybody. And also, frankly, free. And so if you were going to transact for something online... Traditionally, wasn't something that was uh, media-based, you know, music, pictures, things like that. It was, it was normally like for some sort of service or you were buying something off Amazon. And while the, everything was really utilitarian with the spending and the money. You know, fast forward to today, I believe we're, we're leaving the information age and we're entering an age of connections and engagement and entertainment. Influencers are, are a good signal of this. The corporation is dead. The influencer is alive. Startup founders, you know, I believe we're trending away from startup founders needing to be technical to startup founders needing to be influencers. In a weird way, they can essentially bootstrap the goodwill of a company that, that doesn't have an exist. It doesn't have a name brand or at all with their social clout. There are tons of followers on YouTube or influencer, Instagram or Twitter or TikTok or whatever. And, and as we um, head into this age of entertainment and connections, essentially what we observed as we were researching and testing ideas for Money Mail and now Rah Rah is people don't want to spend money for, for entertainment and they, don't, and they don't really know how to, to quantify it. The, the example I, I give is like, if you were to post an Instagram post, right? Like the, the person who posted it and the person who consumed it really have no way to objectively say, what is the value of this? And so right now, the things that are having traction for social platforms, social, social media influencers are kind of sort of 
tipping solutions. There are things like Patreon is like altruistically giving to someone, right? There's a portion of the pie of people who will altruistically give to influencers and creators of things they like, but the most people kind of want something extra for it, right? And so that, that's kind of the nuance we started to understand when we were money mail. And essentially what's happening is we're, 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 the society is starting to change that connection and, and how you connect with those people essentially with digital objects. In video games, and we've had social money-like things and digital objects for a long time. Most video games have their own currency. Fortnite has Fortnite V-Bucks. And that currency is meant to buy things to consume in the game. If the game's like a shooter game, it's like bullets and shields and stuff like that. If it's a different game, it's maybe to build a house or something to like communicate or connect with other people. Taking that over to, to, to social, we're, we're effectively entering a very similar type of thing. And NFTs are kind of a, a good example of that. NFTs are ownership of what would have otherwise been a Instagram post, right? Or social money, i.e. money of the community, could be a combination of a few things. Today in crypto, we have personal tokens, community tokens, and maybe even community money in some cases. Personal tokens are influencers. Community tokens are communities of people around ideas. Good examples of that outside of crypto would be something like Wall Street Bets. Inside of crypto, a good example um, of a community token would be something like FWB, Friends with Benefits, or RNG, Random Number Generator, or maybe even Whale Token. Whale Token started off as a great NFT creator who stuck all his NFTs into a DAO and, and gave or sold away tokens to ownership of the DAO. But there's this community thing that's almost separate from the art. And so some community tokens start off as a DAO and, and become a community. Some community tokens start off as a community and become a DAO. FWB and RNG are good examples of communities, tokens that are becoming DAOs, while Whale token is a good example of a DAO that's becoming a community. And, wh and what those things represent, social, social tokens, personal money, community, community tokens, and NFTs, is exactly everything that exists in social media today. Individuals, communities, media, content, music, video, GIFs, animations, reactions, whatever. And so at Rara Social, we're essentially trying to lean into that. We say we're a social wallet and crypto experience company. And, and what we mean by that is crypto for you know 10 years has also still been pretty transactional, but we're pretty good with memes. And uh, yes, like DeFi is all about like making yield farming and earning interest on tokens and you know using DAI to, to, to pay for you know a contractor in UK, like I pay a lot of my contractors in USDC or stable coins. That's very transactional, but as the, the DeFi, you know, yield farming summer of last year, there was this huge meme quality. It was all around farming, yams, sushi, like basically every food group that we could find an emoji for, you know, we created a meme for it. You know, I would argue probably Dogecoin was the original meme cryptocurrency. And, you know, uh, I, I was tweeting about that a year or two ago and, and like it was true at the time and, and people knew it, but we didn't fully understand it until what's happening now. I mean, like, you know, Doge is up, I don't even know how many thousand percent now, but it's a good example of that doge has a utility like you can use doge as money but there's this meme quality to it that is something else but something very special and and that meme quality effectively aligns people who relate to one idea or one thing and kind of helps them kind of connect and so rara social is is trying to amplify any type of social experiences around personal tokens community tokens and nfts and so how we're doing that is essentially we're starting with social nft auctions inside of telegrams and discords i'll pause there you probably have a few questions yeah that was a great representation i think of the social money space for the listeners when it comes to personal tokens how do you see 
those evolving and what are use cases that people are using you know to use them right now or to use social tokens to create social tokens to work with social tokens yeah so so in the context of social money you know the the personal tokens and community tokens i think the community tokens are the ones that are a little bit more innovative right now the personal tokens need a little bit more they need more innovation but it also just needs to marinate like i don't think we fully understand what we should do yet with personal tokens there's a lot of great personal tokens that exist right now but their use cases is is very transactional and not very novel yet and, and so you know what areas that we could innovate in personal tokens and even community tokens is a how they're distributed and b how they're used Today, individual personal tokens are primarily distributed via putting up, you know, LP interest in Uniswap and anybody can co go buy it there. Or somebody like Alex Token or uh, a coin artist, occasionally they give them away to people who help them do something like find an engineer for Showtime and Alex or are, are somehow contributing to something they need help with. And so it's kind of like a back and forth, like here's my token for helping with something. And in the, in the context of, of, of many of those, you know, personal tokens, there's another one, Harrison First. Um, Harrison First is a DJ who has a Discord. He's a good example of one that's a little bit starting to innovate. And so he's combining effectively access with use. And so both community tokens today are pri primarily used to gate access to something. But they gate access um, right now to, in some cases, maybe uh, media like NFTs, but most of them are primarily being used to gate access to chats. I mean, these chats is essentially like this, these power communities. So RNG, FWB community tokens, and FIRST, our, our FIRST personal token, all have token curated chats. And these token curated chats are using tools like CollabLand. There's another uh, group called Alti. Alti does stuff on like WhatsApp, primarily and Telegram. Um, while CollabLand is, is killing it on Discord and, and Telegram. And, and what this does is this tool is bot effectively checks your MetaMask or your wallet to see if you have a certain number of a specific token. In the, in the context of FIRST, I think it's 300 FIRST tokens, um, or maybe 1,000 to get in, or something like FWB. FWB, I think it's now 60 FWB tokens that you must hold in your wallet, provably, to uh, gain access to, to the chat. And, and so those are good, good examples of like use access restrictions at social tokens. In the context of use, you know, back to, just to finish up the personal token narrative, Harrison first, he, he DJ'd our holiday party. So we, so we closed the safe round, and so we did a safe, uh, safe fashion show, uh, safe with the money symbol. And it was basically a huge party in our Discord server, and, and he was DJing it, and I paid him, I forget how many thousand first tokens, so I went and bought them, and I paid him to come DJ there. I and mean, we did like a, it was like a fun fashion show. It was basically best masked, best catwalk, and most memeable. That was kind of the idea behind it. But yeah, so, so so payment, payment was the other use of personal tokens. I, I think there's a lot more innovation left for personal tokens beyond that, which I, I, we can kind of get into separately. I'd like to talk about that farther, Lawson, because like, you know, for, for myself in the, in the cryptocurrency mining space, I'm always kind of considering, okay, how do you get people into to mining easier? And, and one of the biggest things, you know, the reason why someone buys a Bitcoin miner or a unit that generates revenue is to get that cash flow from the unit. So for social tokens, how do you connect someone's income stream to their personal token? And do we run into SEC laws there when you start doing that? And how does that work? Because like, is this is this going to be possible? Is this going to happen outside the United States first and just overtake, you know, the communities like that? Like, because that's where I see a huge opportunity for tokens is if you have revenue stream from YouTube, how do you tokenize that? Is that is this become a security or is it still social money? I know that's a very touchy topic because there is no right answer, I don't think, right now. But I want to hear your your thoughts on that that you're willing to share. 
I went to law school to get into investment banking. So I'm an attorney. I'm a licensed attorney. I was general counsel for Synapse and I was general counsel for Tokusoft. So I understand this problem deeply. I frankly grew my whole Twitter following basically doing early analysis in like 2017 and 18 on like, how do you look at these things? from a regulatory standpoint. And what it essentially comes down to is most of it's rather gray. In, in some cases, it, you know, it may look like a regulated asset. In some cases, it just doesn't. With all that being said, the cat is out of the box and jurisdiction is no longer geographic. It's the internet. You're not going to stop this, period, right? Fraud is illegal with or without securities laws. So with that said, like, what are we doing here? Like, why do we care if you, what do we call it, right? And, and so fraud is illegal no matter what. You don't need security laws for that. And so if it is security, it's not like, you know, there are a lot of smart ways to release a token and avoid, you know, control by the creator. And there's a lot of dumb ways to do that and, and mess it up. And, and and I always encourage people to, to talk to people and try to learn in the space. We, we need good actors and we need to, to effectively self-regulate. If you see a scam, call out the scam. But in the context of like, let's just talk about, let's, let's get to the tech stuff because I left work working for other companies and, and as a general counsel, because I want to create stuff, not, not talk about what we can't do. I want to, I want to live. Rara Social is actually working on this problem. Our belief is those three nodes, communities, individuals, content, personal tokens, community tokens, NFTs, there's going to be a, effectively an entire economy around that. That's, so that's, that was essentially the second narrative I was saying. Our whole goal is to throw cash at all of them. And so whether they want to earn cash and, and maybe a security or not, something like Rara Social is essentially going to give them incredible amounts of cash flow opportunities. And so the reality is they're all going to have cash flow associated with it. Does that mean any one of them are security? It's a case-by-case -case analysis, and it depends on how, how it's created and, and who's in control of it. But, you know, kind of moving beyond that, like, I feel like I need to answer your specific question and then talk just broadly. Your specific question, you're a Bitcoin miner, right? And, and you create tools for them, correct? I, I would probably create a community token for that rather than a personal token. And I would probably create it around a loose structure of people can earn it or buy it. And in doing that, they gain access to a community. And at different levels of that community, different... So you can, you can think of this as like a, a sales funnel. People inside of your, your Discord server with no tokens are at the top of the funnel. People who get enough tokens to get in the token curated chats are in the middle of the funnel. And then maybe people down here have enough tokens to vote or propose things for you to do. They're, they're governors, okay? okay? So maybe it's 50 tokens to get in and 1,000 or 10,000 tokens to vote and govern, right? And so what you're, what you're doing there is you're allowing for your community to effectively self-opt into helping control or guide or carry this project beyond just you. The, the power of community tokens, in my opinion, like, you know, the court, again, the, I wrote forever ago, like 2018, this article about the corporation is dead, the internet is alive. And in, in the context of that, Community tokens are a really great example of that. You can motivate and incentivize people to do anything inside of your community if you have a tool to pay them with. And if they have an ability to effectively self-opt into upside. And that's that's going buying it on the going buying it on the free market while also they could earn it for maybe throwing an event or doing some engineering work for you. And in the context of the governors, the people who can vote, once they're controlling who's doing what and why tokens are being thrown out, like you aren't in control. And so at that point, like you start to have lots of great arguments that so this thing's not a security. It's like it's controlled by like anybody. I don't know. This is the internet. Who has them? I, I don't have no idea. Yeah, anyone could buy the tokens. Anyone could get that access to control. Maybe vote on the membership. All of that stuff. That sounds 100% where I think this is going. The future of social money. Because I'm thinking about the burn mechanisms. Like if you have a revenue stream, you could honestly burn your social tokens so that over time they become even more valuable. Have you seen any really cool yeah. burn mechanisms that do create that value? Burning is interesting. I think that I think that kind of what happened. And in the context of like, I want to eventually work on this idea of community money. Uh, I keep getting pulled in 
in other directions. This idea of community money is basically stable money that matches the meme of the community. And so in my opinion, most people don't want to spend upside money. We have 10 years of proof of that. Every time people use a whole lot of a token to spend for something, they regret it after the token moons. Every Bitcoiner who was using Bitcoin for tipping on change tip in 2016 and 17 probably regret it now. You know, once ETH pops, which it's trying to right now, we're going to have a whole lot of tweets about how much the value of the gas they were spending on, I don't know, buying NFTs or something like that. The reality is, I, I think for the most part, from a spending standpoint, I think we're going to live in a predominantly a two token world in, in most communities. And so that's going to be in the context of the, the, the personal token, and community token, and this like stable type thing. And in, in, in that context, I think there's some interesting ideas of how you could create a deposit and burn a deposit, kind of like a maker system where you deposit and, and generate out a community token. But then in the context of using the community money, when the community money is used, a portion of that is burned backwards and throws in, because when it burns, it would burn part of the community tokens deposited to do that. That's a whole rabbit hole, probably a little too much for, for this podcast. <laughs> in the context of things that are like easily implementable today that don't involve something like that, I haven't really seen any burn so much right now. Although I think there's opportunity for that. Again, the way these are being used right now, is very manual. You did something for for me or you you applied for this grant the DAO approved it here's some tokens or come DJ for me I'll, I'll go buy them and here's some tokens I mean it's really just kind of passing back and forth a little transactional nature I think in the future we're going to be it's a little bit more programmatic in nature and when it's programmatic in nature some of those could be burned or we're just throwing a different cash flow at you and that's where kind of Rara is working on the second one of those you know right now NFTs and all of crypto are capital assets. Capital assets are things that you can buy or acquire or mine in the context of, of Bitcoin or most layer ones. And you generally get those things. They exist forever. And you eventually want to sell those things for a higher price. Buy low, sell high. That's capital assets. The reality is though, our economies, like all IRL economies, exist of a whole lot of other stuff. Today, 20% of the US GDP is capital investments. While the other 80% are things like consumables or other types of assets that exist inside of economies. And so I've been working on this idea of crypto consumables, which is essentially the other end of the spectrum of a capital asset. One is provably own ownable and exists forever, while the other is provably, provably ownable, but also provably spendable and usable, or, you know, we were, you, were, you were mentioning burn, you probably could maybe use the burn co concept there as well. Essentially, we are, I think there's an incredible opportunity to allow for uh, more novel income streams for NFT owners or community tokens or personal tokens. So today, NFTs represent ownership as an agreement between the creator and a subsequent owner or owners of a piece of media. Maybe it's a song. Maybe it's a video or a movie or some sort of GIF. You know, most of them are kind of images today. And I think in the future, they're going to be a little bit more programmatic. They'll be stackable and layerable, kind of like the money Legos of DeFi, where NFTs are going to be like effectively media Legos. But in the context of, of that, yes, the creator can make money from the sale of it. And that's actually what they do uh, for the vast majority of their media. They sell it off many times. Or if they're a musician, you know, they enter into agreements to, to share the royalties with the producers or the whoever is helping them make this thing known and, and spread throughout the world. Today, that actually doesn't exist inside of crypto. You can own the asset, but there's not really a way to earn cash flow off of the asset. And so the idea of crypto consumables is, is basically have provable consumption of an ownable asset, NFTs, and in the process of that provable consumption, throw cash flow at the NFT owner or potentially the personal tokens. And so the, the idea of a, of a crypto consumable is it's essentially a wrapper around NFTs. And that wrapper essentially 
introduces a programmatic provable consumption. And that consumption can be an on-chain event, event, event or events, or a, a time frame. In, in reality, in the future, it's likely to be a formula of that. I don't know, something as basic as like, you can use this thing 50 times within the next 10,000 blocks is an example of a formula that could be wrapped around an NFT. And in doing that, you, you start to introduce exactly what you were alluding to, like value beyond the meme. The meme is very valuable in a community token and personal token, but you know most, most investable assets today tend to have a balance sheet and a, a, a cash flow associated with it as well. And so crypto consumables are essentially a way to start throwing cash flow first at the NFTs, but with the rah-rah social wallet, eventually with the personal tokens and community tokens as well. I love that explanation. I think that helps people really understand what's the difference here, what's happening, and how are these two worlds as we move forward into the NFT. Forum provides a bridge to the digital currency mining world for individual investors, financial institutions, and energy companies. By combining over seven years of mining experience, 24-7 management, and directly aligned incentives, Forum's managed mining program is the simplest way to enter the digital currency mining market. To learn more, please visit forumcapitalventures.com. What are you most excited about with Rara over the next six months? We did our first kind of public launch with Seed Club at the Creator and Crypto Summit on March 31st with the first ever social NFT auction on Mainnet in, in, in their Discord server. And actually, as of this Friday, we will be publicly launched and available for anybody to install in their Telegram or Discord servers to run their own social NFT auctions. So frankly, I'm stoked about the launch. And, and what that means is anybody will be able to go to our website, click on the link and install our rah-rah bot and be able to throw auctions at any time inside of their communities. And, and the reason we're doing that, and we can kind of get we can get to the, the demo in a second, is essentially this, that the, the NFT space is, has been exploding for, you know, since late last year to early, you know, 2021. And they've done that because they, you know, we just started finding ways to, you know, creators were sick of not making money for their content. You know, it's definitely a timing thing. NFTs have been around for a while and the platforms just got better. And so OpenSea has been around for a long time, a great, you know, kind of marketplace that is kind of a, uh, an aggregator of many of them. But we also have things like Foundation and Zora and Super Rare and, you know, Async Art and all these really cool platforms that are kind of going at different angles of, in different types of artists and innov innovating on the the NFT design itself. Zora has done some really cool stuff there. Rarables has done some really cool stuff there. Creator share, sell on share, um, a lot of these kind of social things. Uh, you know, Zora came up with this idea of basically being able to select who you sell it to and what asset you select. I.e., you may not sell it to the to the highest dollar value one. You may sell it to somebody who has the ability to make sure the second sale afterwards is higher. And in the process, they've created these really cool platforms that has attracted basically the best artists of today to the NFT space. And, and you go to these platforms and they're very beautiful websites and you can see these auctions happening in kind of real time, right? It feels rather async in nature. You're on this beautiful white website and maybe you see, you know, JP Barrett just bid, you know, one, one ETH on it. Or maybe you just see this string of digits bid some sort of amount. And, and, and the, and the analogy I give is that it's kind of like going to a gallery, an art gallery, and not being able to talk and not being able to rub shoulders and not being able to meet the artist. And, and that's where Discord and Telegram come in. Basically, there, there are tons of Telegram and Discord groups that are doing auctions all the time. And they're doing auctions because they want to throw parties and they want this to be a more social experience. The white website is not enough. It's pretty, but that's not where communities exist. Communities exist in Telegram and Discord. And so these Telegram and Discords, there's one called AGA. There's 1,200 people in it. And they throw six hours of live auctions every day. 
And that's one of many. There, there, there are some with even more community members than that. Uh, I would think Aga is probably the most active on stuff being sold. And they're doing it completely trust-based and completely manual. You, you basically type in, I'll bid an ETH, and the moderator is just kind of keeping track. And the seller and the buyer just have to manually settle. And if they don't, you get booted from the group. And, and that's kind of how it's being done today. If you want to, we could scroll down in the Discord server to the Alpha channel. And I can actually show it to you if you'd like. Basically, the Rah Rah bot is, is attempting to both automate the stuff for the moderator, make it a little easier for them, but also lean into that social experience. Yeah, let's jump in there. I just got in that channel now. If, if you haven't already typed launch Rah Rah, one word, and pop that up in your browser, it's definitely geared towards mobile, but it is a web app, so you can pull it up on your desktop. The idea, again, you know, I use a lot of analogies. We like to think of the Rah Rah social wallet as like a joystick with a wallet, while the Discord and Telegram are for your eyes. For a variety of reasons in crypto, especially most of us experience crypto on our desktop. You know, that's, that's a combination of Apple restrictions on dApps and in-app browsers. In addition to, it's just faster to build on the web. And so as a result, most people are interacting with crypto on their desktops. And that's true for also Discord and Telegram. As people are going to parties or events inside of Telegram Discords, you know, for the most part on desktop. And so people are attending, you know, let's just pretend you're a, you're in Rara House. Rara.house is our community where we basically test out ideas and features for all Alpha Ra members, which eventually make it out towards these other communities and gives them kind of the capacity to get early glimpses about ideas and we're going to launch a token eventually. This will give people basically a way to give us feedback um, in real time on that. So you guys are launching house parties on Rara. Can you jump into that a little bit more about what's what's the plan for, for that website and that kind of part of the organization? Rara House is, is our community. And so we're going we're gonna to release a community token in advance of our eventual protocol token. And, and that community token is going to do the same thing that FWB or, or RNG is trying to do. It's, it's just making sure that the people who are the deepest in the funnel of our community actually care to be there. There are a lot of times when people join communities, they come once and never come back. And that is, that's not really good. Like total member counts, not good. What, what's good is total like active member count. And so community tokens essentially allow for you to reward active community members, uh, incentivize them to throw events and, and, and do things like that. In addition to, you know, we're, we're a little bit different than many community tokens. We're, we're building products and services and eventually a protocol. And so it's essentially a, a vehicle to, you know, affect, influence what we build and why. And so, uh, you know, us releasing, you know, eventually the, the Alpha Raw token is, we'll essentially be doing that primarily. Just trying to get people who care the most about Alpha, about Ra Ra to stake a little bit and, and help us. But yeah, so the Rara House is basically a place for us to throw parties. Uh, I love to throw uh, IRL parties. And I believe that the future of, of social is, is likely to be geared more around experiences. And when I say experiences, basically something that's ephemeral. You must have been there to experience it. Clubhouse is a good example of this. You could record a Clubhouse and there's even tools that are made for that now. But the reality is kind of like going to Bonnaroo these days or, or Woodstock decades ago, there's something very different about saying I was there. And so voice and live events um, in Discord and Telegram, Discord and Telegram are doing killer at killing on voice as well, or Clubhouse. Clubhouse is kind of the Twitter sphere's favorite, while I think Discord and Telegram are kind of the 
the internet's favorite. And in that context, there's this wide open media strategy effectively for internet events. And so we're, we're throwing events here to, to test ideas, but we're, but frankly, we want to, and we're trying to throw a lot of collab events in other people's servers. RNG tomorrow at four Eastern, we're going to be throwing a party in RNG. When you actually can join RNG for free, we'll be tweeting out instructions on that later on today. I guess it's going to be a little late for this recording, but we're going to be doing a lot of collab events in other people's, other people's communities as well. And as we do that, you know, leaning into, you know, making it cool to live life online. Rara's mission is actually to enhance people's ability to live, work, and play on the internet. Live on the internet, we're kind of doing that now. We're, we're literally, we're at an event in Discord. There's a few people that are going to kind of coming and going and listening to it. Twitter, we live a lot on Twitter as well. And, and so that's part of the living. The work part is where Rara comes in. To be able to work online, you need to be able to make money. NFTs are a good start, but in the future, it's going to also include cash flow. And then the last thing, play. I mean, it needs to be fun. And so Rara Social, you know, one of the things we talk about with every feature is, is this cool? It's like a, it's just like, thing that's impossible to define, but it's essentially a striving for like this, this nuance the, the term cool. I think some people probably have some negative or positive connotations to the current term cool, but I'll try to define it as this cool is very contextual. It's not something that's definitive and it's contextual to who you are to be cool. You must first understand yourself and understand what value you bring and what is unique about you. But in the process of understanding what's unique about you, you must understand what's unique uh, about your immediate surrounding. That's your environment. That's Ra Ra House. And then beyond that, the entire the entire community around you, right? And so the immediate people around us, that's the people in this Ra Ra House stage right now. But the community itself has a, a slightly different version of, of cool. And it's always like this community consensus of people with similar ideas and similar desires. And so with live events and with what with Ra Ra's house is doing is we're, we're trying to lean into fun things that are cool on the internet. Things that are picking up speed, picking up traction and seem to be building that community I, I mean i love that and i'm i'm excited to jump into to the demo that we you know you hinted on can you explain for people that are listening you know what we're about to do and then let's jump into that so if you have your raw raw social wallet up right now you, you see basically what was the last auction up on the screen you're really kind of in this pending state you're, you're waiting for the next auction and so let's do it i'm going to type start start auction, and I'm going to link to an open C asset. And when we do that, both in the Discord server and in the Rara social wallet, you see the item for sale. And when we get into it, you're going to start seeing the interaction of the community, the social stuff in addition to the actual bidding. So today with OpenSea, you, you need to bid or, or, or bid with ERC20 assets. And so today we're bidding with Weath, wrapped ETH. And what, what's happening on the back end is all of the bidding is actually off chain. We do that for speed and scalability purposes with the final winner being the only one that goes on chain. And so once you win, you actually sign a transaction, which we broadcast to uh, OpenSea for the seller to accept. And so JP, you just came in with uh, 0.01 uh, Weath. And, and what are we bidding on here? Well, it looks like we're bidding on a digital gold token individual just for this podcast. It looks very, very cool. I like it. It's pulling up now. Yeah. So if you click on the, if you're inside of the social wallet, you can click on the NFT image and it'll pull up the OpenSea asset. So Mick on our team has been making these. He's, he's doing an incredible job. He does these cool collab NFTs. So Mick made this one for you. It's a combination of Figma and Spline, a 3D image rendering tool that's kind of Figma-like. And obviously it's got Ra Ra and Digital Gold podcast on it with JP Barrick. And so this is a little bit of our gift to you if you can win it. If nobody else in the crowd comes in to win it. And speaking of, the, the crowd is rawing right now. 
right now. And so well, let me talk about that a little bit briefly. So rah-rah, phonetically, is a cheer. And if I say rah-rah, like that's me kind of cheering on something. If a bunch of people say rah-rah, that is an entire crowd getting involved and cheering on that they are emoting that they like something. Or they're saying, in a weird way, that's like them saying something's cool. Right. And so we're called rah-rah specifically for that reason. And so with the, with the mm. rah-rah social wallet, you can actually earn and spend rahs throughout the experience. And so when you set up your rah-rah wallet, you got a hundred rahs. And if you hit that raw button down at the bottom, you hit it real quick. Yeah. You can hit it once. Oh, it's giving. Or you can hit it. Giving more raw to the token. Yeah. Hit it, hit it a bunch of times. Hit it, hit it real fast. Boom, 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 boom. Boom. 17 rahs. Yeah. 31. And so what we're doing here is we're, we're recognizing the reality is most people at an NFT auction are not buyers. 1% of the crowd are going to own NFTs. The other percent of the crowd, maybe they're going to buy NFTs or bid on other ones, but they're not going to bid on everyone, right? They're there for the experience. They're there to party. And so Roz get them involved and they let them party. That's, that's great because I launched when I watched Snoop Dogg launch his NFT. I was like, damn, this is great. This is cool. But like, I don't really want to buy any of these. They're all really expensive. And the whole feeling was still great to, to watch the drop and everything there. So this is, I love that people can still participate. Yeah. So Roz eventually will be crypto consumables and Roz will throw cash flow at NFTs and community tokens. So, so imagine Roz having a specific sound to it, kind of like an emoji where you select emojis that you like or you relate to. The raw could be, you know, my male voice or your male voice or a baritone or like this robot voice, or it could be something like RAR or LOL. Sound is a wide open space in the context of social. And in the context of, of social, you basically need ways to react. Facebook has thumbs, likes, Twitter has hearts, Medium has claps. Raz are our attempt at creating a brand new class of reactions, but definitely leaning in towards audio-based reactions. And in doing that, we're, we're, again, we're playing with crypto experiences. When a crowd is, is emoting all at once, you're going to have crowd effects, crowd sounds, like a concert. Like it, 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 he, the, the sound of a concert has a specific sound because so many people are making so many noises at once. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. And I think that's super cool to consider like everything needs something to participate in. And you guys are adding in not only this participation, you're adding in cash flow tokens yes. and sounds. Yes. So like every like is is worth something yeah, at this point. Yes. Like that's huge for a social platform because like, you know, I just got banned from Instagram last no. week because I had imperson Yeah, I had impersonators and they banned my account because everyone they reported us as spam and they were like, Oh, you're impersonating someone else. And I was like, What do you mean I'm impersonating someone else? Here's my ID. And then they're like, Oh, sorry, your ID isn't valid. And I was like, What? So I would have lost my account if it wasn't for some internal Facebook connections that I had that I like, you know, had them fix it and then it was solved but it's just like that's a, such a huge problem is when there's no need for i guess proving that it actually it costs something to have this account or that you've actually invested money and capital yes. into it it's very easy for scammers come in duplicate it look really similar and then just take over that brand so i'm glad to hear that these are going to have real value and you are you telling me they'll actually be like a sound when you use them you guys are like similar to like an emoji it'll yes. be uh, a sound yes. and the actual picture yes. that's super so, cool. so i don't know if you have your sound on your phone or whatever device you're listening to the the social wallet it actually makes a sound right now 
But right now that sounds just for you. We have some crazy ideas of how to throw a blended sound portion of that into Discord as well. And nice. so, so, so let me get that. Let's let's get back to the auction. I'm gonna I'm gonna bid. I'm gonna go second. I'm gonna bid second here. And so, for those of you who are just listening, you you, you what happens is inside of the social wallet, you see now Lawson is the current highest bidder at 0.02 weeth, along with inside of the the Discord, you're seeing I'm also the highest bidder. And, and the reason we're throwing it in both spots is because the community is incredibly important. The reality is people do these intelligence discords because they like to th throw gifs they like emojis they, they like they like to to laugh and joke and react to what's happening and especially when an auction is heating up you, you start to see this a lot right people people are throwing lots of gifs and emojis around the activity of the actual auction and so now let's i'm going to start the countdown um i'm gonna start the countdown we're gonna we're gonna end this thing so currently i'm the highest bidder and so I just did the, I just did the command start countdown and it's like going around a big green circle. It's going to change colors too. And so this, this is a 30 second countdown. And if nobody bids, I'll win it. But if you bid, you should bid. Hit that button. And so it adds 30 more seconds and you're now the highest bidder. And, and this is your this is your podcast. I'm going to let you win this bad boy. But that's the demo. That's Rara Social Wallet and the, the auction bot, social NFT auction bot today. We have lots of crazy ideas of where it goes in the future, but essentially we're leaning into the crowd in and around social experiences like NFT auctions. No, I love this. And how long have you guys been working on this this like feature, this website, this idea of this auction? About two months. We've been d dancing around a whole lot of similar rides, but this one felt the most right. This one's this one's got legs, and so we're we're running with this one right now. I love it. Yeah, no, I really feel like there's a lot of unique interactions here. I like that it is super fast to use, uh, and I like the the raw aspect of it. I'm excited to see how you guys integrate that into the you know, ecosystem. I'm a, I'm a big coin holder as well. When she came on the podcast, bought some then. Definitely will be buying some raw raw. Is it already out? Can you buy it now? It is yeah. not. We're, we're kind of look, working on a little bit of a strategy on how to get it out to the wild. You know, we want to catch some attention of some communities that we like and, and creators that we like. And so we're, we're working on some, some novel ideas there. But, you know, that'll be coming out eventually. You know, at this point, we want people who are, are less so, so about the financial motivation so much as like are around the space and are excited about what's happening to give us feedback. And so the Ra Ra House community is very critical for us. So the people who are, are most interested in at least following along and contributing to go to rahrah.house. Um, you can join our Discord. You can sign up for a public calendar. You can also join our Telegram. Uh, so again, Rara Bot works in Telegram. We'll start throwing more events over there. But most of the activity today is in our, our Discord server. Yeah, right now I would just join the server and, and jump in and start asking where you can help or, or popping ideas if you got any. No, that, that's great. So for people who you know need want to join Rara and the and follow Lawson. Lawson, where can they follow you online, you specifically? So I am L W S N Baker. So that's Lawson without the vowels and then Baker. Um Rara is Rara underscore social on Twitter and Instagram. Our community is Rara.house. That's the actual domain for the for the young people in the crowd. You can actually use the derelict house emoji.fm and that'll take you to Rara House. We also have flying money emoji.fm and the peacock.fm, which we're gonna do some cool stuff with later as well. That's the community if you want to jump into the community. Community. For people interested in using or installing the social NFT bot in their Telegram or Discord, go to our, our website for Rara Social, which is rara.social. So rara.social and rara.house. That's how you get to the community and our bot install.
No, I love it. I definitely want to figure out if I can bring that into a Discord server that I'm, uh, it's, it's a men's group. It'll be interesting to see if you can connect, you know, the social money. We've been trying to figure out how do you build that community token? How do you grow the men's group at the same time, incentivize people, you know, that to pay member dues, to grow the group, to keep running the group. So this is something that I want to integrate more into and, and follow along and watch. And so Lawson, I appreciate you coming on the show today to talk through this concept of money and how it's changing, how we're going from, you know, that team money on our, on our, on our dollars in our pockets to, you know, whatever virtual team we want to join. This is going to change money forever. And we're seeing that community-based money is, I think it is how we maybe we started, you know, selling seashells back in the day and <laughs> using that to trade. And now we're getting on the computer and uh, in, a, in the same type of fashion though, where it's, you know, very, very small, very unique, very community-based, not necessarily a global currency, which I, I like, and I think there'll be a lot of use cases. So I'm glad you're working in this space and appreciate everything you're doing for the community because I know there's big things uh, ahead for Aurora and for, for, for yourself in this space. Yeah, JP, thanks for thanks for coming out, man. Make sure you hit confirm transaction on that winning bid. And, and what that's going to do is send that transaction to be accepted by on OpenSea. And, and once it's accepted, that, that NFT will be in your RaRa social wallet. So you can log in at wallet.rara.social at any time to, to, to withdraw it or, or keep it there. We're going to be expanding the wallet beyond just experiences. But right now, it's, it's really geared around experiences. But it'll show up in there. And it's, it's yours, man. Well, I appreciate it. I definitely am going to, to claim it right now. And I did claim it and I had to log back in, but uh, we'll see. So I'm glad I'm glad I was able to win that. I thanks again for the auction. Let's see, confirm purchase. Let me click that button again and it's it's loading. But this was great, Lawson. I appreciate it. That was an amazing experience and a really nice, easy to use interface. So if you haven't checked it out, guys, rah rah social, check them out. Thanks for talking about the future of money. Yeah, Lawson, JP. This is great. Rah rah, man. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Digital Gold. Be sure to subscribe so you're notified when the new episode drops. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review to support our journey to become the number one crypto podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, mine on.